0: Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Our tech Ventures. The goal at Our tech Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Our tech Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit RTechVentures.com for more info. <clears throat> Dump. News Dump Game! News
1: Dump. I mean that's kind of a loaded question.
0: It's, it's the final dump. Presented by Game On Wisconsin. Welcome to the week 12 edition of the final dump presented by Game on Wisconsin, Brendan Dwarzinski and Matt Fralick here with you. First things first, we want to wish you a very happy, belated Thanksgiving. Hope you were able to have a wonderful holiday, whether you were celebrating with friends, with family, maybe just on your own. Hope you had a good meal. And if nothing else, a little time off from work, a little time to relax. We are excited to be back. We had the last week off. So thank you to Jacob and Brandon for filling in on last week's final dump. But Matt we are back, and with it, we are apparently bringing an even worse rash of injuries than we have seen for the Green Bay Packers all year, and it's kind of crazy to think that for a team that has been injured and banged up week after week, all season long, it has now hit ahead, unfortunately, at the worst time possible before a massive game against the Rams coming up on Sunday.
1: It's really unfortunate because like on the schedule, you look right when the schedule comes out and you're like, you know what, November 26th or excuse me, November 28th, week 12. That might be a hell of a game. That might be an incredible game to go to. Great, great ratings for for Fox. And it turns out as we progress throughout this season into November, it's just super banged up for the Packers. I know the Rams lost Robert Woods earlier a couple weeks ago, and they've been flying high with that offense. But you would really hope that this would have been maybe a forecast for an NFC championship game, divisional game, what have you. But That doesn't seem to be the case. The Packers are nursing a ton of injuries. Unfortunately, no one that we wanted to be healthy at this point is really healthy. And there's just been peripheral injuries going on from toe injuries to, you know, You know, sprained knees, et cetera, et cetera. COVID's made a re-emergence for the Packers now here too, we'll get into, but it's unfortunate and it's going to be a tough goal for the Packers in week 12 here on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we'll get into all of that. Aaron Rodgers dealing with what at least at one point was some sort of mystery injury that now we have become well aware, is in fact a fractured toe. We're going to get to some defensive injuries as well. As Matt mentioned, COVID problems have now been a problem for this team the last couple weeks. We'll get to the matchup specifically against the Rams too, but Matt, let's start this week with this offensive line, which despite being banged up all year, despite going through the entire season to this point without the best left tackle in football and missing your next best lineman, the best versatile guy on the team for a couple weeks as well, this line's been pretty darn good this year. For the most part, pretty good. I think it's starting to wear down a little bit. I think that's fair to say. We saw glimmers of that in the Chiefs game. And the Chiefs defensive line has come alive. And Chris Jones, defense player of the week in the AFC. I mean, they have started to come alive a little bit. So that's understandable. But it does feel like there have been a few chinks in the armor over the last couple of weeks. And then you lose Elgin Jenkins for the season with a torn ACL. And your heart goes out to a guy who you know is a grinder, you know is an absolute superstar of a player. And already, despite being just in his second year, a guy who's considered a team leader and treated like a veteran in that group. You lose him, which means you lose your number two left tackle, your number one left guard, and probably your number three center for the season. Again, the most versatile guy you have on this team. We still don't know for sure when David Bakhtiari is going to be back. He got an arthroscopic knee scope this past week, so he's out until at least week 14, getting through the bye week. And on one hand, okay, great. You want to make sure he's as healthy as possible for the most important games of the year, which are in the playoffs. But now you're going back to Josh Nyman at left tackle again. You're still dealing with the growing pains for Royce Newman at right guard. John Runyon is a good player at left guard, but not great. You've still got Lucas Patrick at center. I mean, this team has been completely torn to shreds by injuries. And I think when you look at this offense and what they do best, it's predicated on the offensive line being really good. And they have been all year. But it's hard for me to look at this group now, knowing there's still no Bakhtiari for a huge game like this against the Rams, knowing you don't have Elton Jenkins for the rest of the season. It's hard for me to not feel at least a little bit defeated, frankly, that this unit is so banged up. I think they're showing a little wear and tear, and now you're going to be lacking that much talent for at least a couple more weeks. I mean... I don't even know what to do analysis point with that. Frankly, it, it just sucks that that group has gotten to this point because the potential is sky high and they're not going to get anywhere close to it the rest of the year with box still injured and with Big E out for the season.
1: So a couple of things, it's like, you know, one, and then like I kind of foreshadowed this when I was just doing my little overview and show there with you. Like it's like I never expected Bakteri not to be back at this point come post Thanksgiving. Like that was just if you would have told us that back in July and August, I think everyone would have said you're crazy. Like it seemed like he was ahead of schedule. But in reality, like still in that 10 to 12 month window of an ACL, I guess I was on the lower end of that. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but like I expected him being, you know, a left tackle. Not as much lateral movement uh, with that ACL injury. I mean, he'd have to, you know, when you're you're drop stepping and have to worry about speed rushers like maybe so like, getting out on the edge maybe on a run play, a stretch play, but like I expected him back here by no later than Halloween and now we're getting into the, you know, the the dog days of this this, this fall weather and it's just I'm I'm shocked he's not back. Secondary like like you said, like the offensive line thus far has played really damn well. There were some inadequacies in the first four games of this season. I think the Saints game was a, they were able to make some adjustments. Obviously the Niners Steelers game, they were able to really adapt and stop the rush against some really good offensive linemen. Josh Nijman surprised all of us after his unfavorable preseason games. And so I thought this, this offense line was making some strides. You saw some young guys getting some PT. Josh Myers goes down, goes down or you can rely on Lucas Patrick. And frankly, when when Elton Jenkins went down on, on Sunday, I was that's probably the first injury this year that I was pretty pretty bummed about. I would say probably the Aaron Jones ones was up there too. You know, the Jair one, it was just so fast in that game. I was at the game, so it was like he got carded off, and it was like, ah, he'll be back. And Zadarius, you kind of figured, was going to be banged up a couple you know, a couple weeks going here, he's been out longer. So I would say this is definitely one of the the top two injuries throughout this year that I was really upset about when you see it live action on TV and it just got worse, right? You get, you see him kind of get rolled up on himself. He limps off the field. He walks off, which we all know you can do with an ACL then he gets carted off and minutes later, he's out for the game. It's just like everything was like exactly what you would expect with an ACL injury and he's confirmed out um, basically Sunday night and officially confirmed out on Monday by the Packers. So it's unfortunate. 74 is a hell of a player. You mentioned, Like you said, the second-best left tackle, best left guard. You said number three center. He's probably the number two center, to be honest, if they had to put him there. like He's just a a freaking stud, and to lose that versatility when you were hoping it would be a shot in the arm when David Bakhtiari would come back and this offensive line would really have figured itself out with all the talent they've had. It's just you're not going to get to see that come to fruition this year, and I think somebody even mentioned, I saw on Twitter earlier this week, that uh, was it – I think they've only played now – two they've never played a game obviously this year what I, I don't remember the stat was it two games they've only played at their primary positions like left guard and left tackle at some point from last season I could be wrong on that but like just to not have a 2021 campaign with Bakhtar and Elton Jenkins on one side of the offensive line really sucks because going forward <clears throat> we don't know what it's going to look like with David Bakhtar getting up there in age and where this offensive line will, will shake out with all the talent they have there so it's it's unfortunate because you needed that team to really be solidified with this offensive line, especially when we get into the you know the, the winter here. Aaron Jones coming back from injury, I would assume there's still going to rely, rely on AJ Dillon a lot more with this. You know, with the weather like this, and it's just you don't have that backbone of that run game right now where you'd want it to with the offensive line and the running back situation. So, uh, and like you mentioned. Kind of exposed the last couple of weeks. The Chiefs games a little bit, Seahawks not so much. Definitely versus the Vikings. It seemed like it was it was a little bit of a struggle there. Some of the younger guys on the right side were having some fits. And I think Aaron talked about that a little bit on Pat McAfee this week about how the just the fronts, uh, Zimmer was throwing at him in the in the stunts and the guys coming over through the gap. And it was just some unique blitzes that he he wasn't used to so maybe they'll figure those things out maybe it's just a you know once you know you see this divisional team and Mike Zimmer's a, a crazy defensive coach and he's throwing some stuff at Aaron's never seen before but all in all tough spot for the offensive line you hope uh, Elton can come back sooner it's the same thing we're seeing right now as David Bakhtiar in 2020 when will he come back now this year we you hope for the beginning of the year but based off what you saw from David Bakhtiar probably not the case a little bit younger maybe he can rehab sooner but overall tough blow to have Elton Jenkins out who's one of my become one of my favorite players on this team just from his versatility. Yeah, he's so versatile, he's so
0: talented and I think the way he plays too. If you go back to the game against the Rams in the playoffs last year, we all remember Biggie getting in Aaron Donald's face and drawing that really dumb personal foul penalty. I mean, Aaron Donald's a hothead, but there aren't many dudes in the league who could legitimately go toe to toe with him and I think Elgin Jenkins is absolutely one of them. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing that endears you to a guy. And to lose that for the year, I mean, again, it, it just bites. And I know that's not really a deep thought, very analytical, but just from a fan perspective, to lose a guy like that who does so much and helps you just kind of change the offense, because we've already seen the Packers have had struggles running the ball with consistency with this current offensive line. Because, frankly, Lucas Patrick, despite playing pretty well over the balance of the time he's had to be in this year is not a great run blocker. The young guards on either side of him, they're not great at blocking for the run. And that completely changes what this offense does. And you look at if you had the entire perfect best offensive line possible, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, then Myers at center, right guard, maybe Newman. I would probably put Runny in there. Hell, maybe you put Patrick there and then Turner at right tackle that opens up the entire playbook. It doesn't matter who's healthy at running back, who's healthy at wide receiver, or frankly, quarterback, although we know the disparity between Rodgers and Love, but you can do so many things. You now take Elgton out of any position, the run game is in trouble, honestly, even with talented backs like A.J. Dillon, who is a stud and only getting better, the mayor of Door County, even with Aaron Jones, who is an extremely talented player and hopefully can be back sooner rather than later It totally changes the kind of play calling this team can have, and it totally changes what the Packers are able to do and that offensive ceiling. So when Bakhtiari comes back, is that going to help? Absolutely. But to not have Elton Jenkins right there next to him to completely shore up and build a a double-wide levy there on the left side of the line to protect the floodwaters from hitting the quarterback, yeah, that completely damages this team and what they can do offensively, and that's a really – difficult spot to be in but just sticking with the offense it's not even the offensive line and this is why this week there's not much newsworthiness outside of just how many injuries there are you've got Aaron Rodgers who's dealing with a toe and by the way I didn't need to see his foot all over my Twitter timeline this week it wasn't really you know I'm not really into that Aaron but I appreciate you at least being blunt with the with the camera with the reporters that was sure something, but Alan Lazard is banged up. MVS is back. He's healthy now, so that's positive. Devontae Adams was limited on the first day of practice this week, full participant on Thursday, which is encouraging, obviously, and as long as he's out there, you've got some sort of weapon in the passing game, but with Aaron Jones also banged up, I mean, the play calling has to come into question here, and not that I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to do a good job with it, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, but what do you do here? I mean, how do you plan for this offense when you know that offensive line in no way can be as good as what you would want it to be or where it could be. And that's not even a knock at Josh Nyman. That's not even a knock at the young guys on the interior. It's just the fact you're missing the most versatile offensive lineman in the league. You're missing the best left tackle in the league. The other pieces around the offense are banged up specifically your best blocking tight or wide receiver in Alan Lazard, your best pass catching tight end in Robert Tunyon he's done for the season. Your best running back Aaron Jones is done for, for at least a little while. I don't think he'll be back this week. I mean, that's a real wish and a prayer right there that maybe he can get on the field for any number of snaps, but it totally changes what this offense can do. And that's one of my big questions is, how are the non-offensive line injuries going to impact this offense? Because we know that's going to have a huge impact on the play calling, on the play design, on the execution. But when you factor in all the other pass catchers and ball carriers and everyone else who's injured – this is going to be, a, I think, maybe a completely new look offense here in week 12.
1: They're going to have to get creative, man, because the, the the silver lining of those injuries is that Aaron Jones is, it seems like ahead of schedule based off of when we saw him go down. Like I said, that was the most concerning injury right off the rip for me, but it seems like it, it, it would be unlikely that he would come back this week. Like why rush him back? Take the bye week in week 13, come back versus Detroit December 12th. So, or excuse me, versus the, the Bears December 12th, I think. Right now, like they're in a tough, tough spot offensively because, then the inadequacies there without Robert Tunyon, who wasn't having that great of the year, was still able to chip off the edge, be somewhat of a threat. Very, very sure-handed. Alan Lazard, not going to really blow the top off the defense. Obviously, going to be a possession guy, but great in the run game, great in the possession game, great in those RPOs. Able to, uh, you know, the little little screen action there and the little rubs. Like he was super important to have there, and I think. Just those three weapons alone, it's it's just tough. Like there's not other guys really to make up the, the efforts. I think you saw on Sunday just the connection between MVS and Rogers, it, it's not there where it needs to be. A couple times they were off, and it was, it was that was because of the pressure that they were throwing at him from that defensive side. But once you get the ball in 83's hands, like he's gonna be able to run really, really fast. And if, if they can get him open more often and the chemistry is there, I think that's that's huge, but it's not gonna make up for all the touches that you're you're missing between Jones, Lazard, and Tunyon and when everything else they can do, right? The versatility of Jones and what he does to defenses, Tunyon's kind of versatile as well, where he can block and you know get out. And he's like I said, very sure handed and Lazard, like not gonna be anything super, super flashy. Not gonna no one's really gonna be scripting for him, but to be able to get those rub routes and everything else that he does, it's just like you, you remove all that. It's tough to, to make up for that when frankly, there's, there's not a lot of guys on this offense that can do the types of things that those guys do. I mean, the, the receiving depth is pretty much next to minimum. I mean, outside of, uh, Adams outside of MVS and Cobb, like EQ had a good game on Sunday, but like those are a flash in the pan. Anyone else, I don't really put too much weight into them. We saw Winfrey stepping up a couple weeks ago. I think it was in the Cardinals game. Amari Rodgers isn't where we want him to be. It's a a tough, tough game for them. I think the tight ends are going to be able to make it work. I know they've been banged up a little bit. I think Lewis went out of the game on Sunday as well. And the run game, like there's just not – you got AJ Dillon. I think he's a solid back, and he's improving week to week. But he's just nowhere near the dynamicness of what you would need to be able to run an offense through. So they got to get really creative. Like it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I think right now, like, there's no reason they shouldn't just throw everything at the Rams. What they have, right? You're going into a bye week and kind of get fresh. And it, it's it's unfortunate. Like I said, you'd want this to be a huge high profile, high profile game, big primetime time game. Maybe some foreshadowing. They like you mentioned when they played him. And in the playoffs, like Aaron Donald was banged up. He wasn't himself. Jared Goff wasn't out there. It's just that you haven't seen both of these teams be healthy in the last two years when they got up against each other. Maybe that'll happen in the playoffs at some point. But Hackett and LaFleur got to get super creative this week. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I think you go back to his toe. I think I was thinking about this a little bit after, was that Tuesday he did that? I think this is just another sign of like he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Like he's just kind of like this might be my last year. Like from everything that he's done, right? From the off season, to whatever you want to say about um his Pat McAfee thing a couple weeks ago and you know Toe Rogan and all that and just just being on Pat McAfee the last year and a half and just like I just feel like he's like to a point he's like let's see what I can get away with, right? It's like you're like it's almost like he's like he knows he's going to get fired so it's like one of those things where he's just going to really see what he can do. It's like a Seinfeld episode. So I think at the end of the day, he's going to continue to you know be Aaron. He's going to have fun with what he does, but they're, they're in a tough, tough go right now with where this offense could be. And I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for them on Sunday. And I, I'm not looking too optimistic about it in the injuries on the defensive side of the ball are just a whole other thing, because Frankly, the Rams' offense is really, really damn good. Without Robert Woods now, they're still making it work. I think they're only going to get better um, as things progress, too, with uh, OBJ in that offense.
0: Yeah, and when you get to the defense, too, because that's the next logical step here, you've got major concerns on that side of the ball, too. Rashawn Gary doesn't play this past weekend in the loss to the Vikings, and that was a bummer. It really sounded like he was not going to miss any time playing with that big, Rob Gronkowski brace on his arm, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to go. But frankly, it was probably a little bit of a pipe dream that he could go without missing any time. Hopefully, he is back and ready to go for this game against the Rams. He's been limited in practice all week. I would assume he'll continue to be going forward. But if you can get anything out of him because you're then dealing with other injuries at edge. And that's even without considering Zedarius Smith and the fact that he played a handful of snaps in week one and nothing since then. And thank God for Preston Smith, right? Because he's actually had a very nice bounce back season. And aside from that one week he missed, generally speaking, he is an iron man out there at the edge and thank God for all of those things, because if you were to take him out of the mix, especially with Merciless now done for the year, I don't even want to pretend to think of what could possibly happen with that group of pass rushers. And this week Packers signed Nate Orchard, the former second round pick out of Utah was with the Browns a little bit, had a cup of coffee with Washington and with Kansas city. I mean, that's depth. That's a body. I would hope he doesn't have to get into a game at any point. He's going to start things off on the practice squad. If he's activated that quickly, that would not make me feel good about where the depth is for this group and again you can't really operate with the assumption that z is going to be back it sounds like at some point he's going to play but when i mean it's not really up to us at this point to determine well if he's back by week 14 you could do this If he's back by the playoffs i mean it's just impossible to know at this point it is nice that aaron Rodgers said i believe it was this week not last week but he said this week with pat mcafee that No setbacks for J.R. Alexander, so he'll be back again, ideally, at some point. That would be great. would have been awesome if he could have been back for this game because of how many talented receivers the Rams have, how good he is, and the fact that over his career, he's played really well against the Rams. You go back to his rookie season, that game in 2018 that was against the Rams. That was really his coming-out party, even in a loss. He's been very good against Sean McVay in his career, or Sean McVay offenses anyway. So a bummer he's not going to be out there. But Kevin King's been banged up this week and has been held out of practice. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And again, not to be completely, oh, woe is us, but it is a little defeating to see guy after guy go down. And thankfully, Kenny Clark, just by being a little slow to get up at a couple different points this season, he hasn't missed any time because, man, you take him out and this whole defense truly goes to shit. So again, it's just sort of like the offensive line, but in an even more desperate spot that you are just holding things together with toothpicks and bubble gum and hoping that the wall doesn't collapse, that the levy doesn't break for at least one more week so you can get into the bye. But man, I you look at this defense and you've got some guys banged up up front. I know Tyler Lancaster, who usually you wouldn't say is, oh man, a huge loss if he can't play. I know he's battling a a hand or a thumb, I believe, and he's actually played decently well over the last couple of weeks, I've thought. But the linebackers are still a concern. The edge is being depleted due to injuries. The defensive backfield is getting depleted due to injuries. I don't even know where you point to, Matt, for this is the worst situation because it feels like every position group on the defense is dealing with something right now.
1: And you go into the year and, like, you're, you're talking about bubblegum and toothpicks. I'm thinking, like, paperclips and duct tape. Like, it's just all sorts of mangled. And from the – I think just in the front seven, it was, like, it was at the, the cusp of being, like, okay, like, this still should work with Z, Preston, and Gary. You'd get some PT probably. I think it was, like, at the time, what, Chauncey Rivers, Jonathan Garvin. And Now that's all blown up. The secondary's been – I mean, frankly, super, super depleted as well. The the silver lining has been, like you said, Kenny Clark battling some injuries that he's had with that back injury. Uh, Devondre Campbell, of course, and like Tyler Lancaster. Yeah, he actually did have a pretty decent game against the Vikings this last week. He's got that thumb injury he's nursing. So I don't really know what to expect of the defense at this point. There's games where they're super, super impressive, like they were against the Vikings, or excuse me, against the the Seahawks. And then there's games against the Vikings where it's like, they look like they can make plays, they can't get the picks, and then they can't get off the field. And it's just like, well, that's what happens when you drop a pick. The team's going to score after that. That's just like one of those situations where it just seems to always work out that way. And one of these games, and it seems like it could be this game, it's just going to all kind of fall apart. I don't want to be super pessimistic, but I think it could revert back to what we've seen in the past where they're not able to stop the run. Elusive receivers like a Cooper Cup or like a Odell Beckham can expose them a little bit. I think if Robert Woods is healthy in this game, that would be super, super huge. Obviously, we already said he's out for the the season. If the run game is a little bit more volatile for them, I think that's even even scarier. But at the end of the day, I mean, Sean McVay can drop some nasty stuff just like Matt LaFleur can. And I don't know if the Packers can really shut down this Rams offense. I think and you talk about like Jair hasn't been out there, Kevin King's. Every week has an injury, but we've come accustomed to that at this point. What they were doing last week with them or him was super bizarre, and him and Razul Douglas like taking series off, and then the second half they're basically swapping series. That was really, really strange to me. So you know, Eric Stokes finally got beat a couple times last week against a stud receiver and Justin Jefferson it's tough to, to to cobble this together and expect a really really great performance from a, a defense that frankly doesn't have a couple of their top guys I mean they're missing what top two three of their dudes the edge pressure has been decent but they've 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 pieced that together with you know every single thing in the in the junk drawer for weeks and like guys are gone now Whitley merciless who I think fans are really becoming to love he's gone like Jonathan Garvin was just on the he added to the COVID list earlier this week. Like, he probably won't play. Like, the I, if they, if Orchard's activated for this game, that just this shows you just where your expectations should be. And frankly, I don't I don't really know. I honestly don't know. This defense is just mangled. Like, that's really what it comes down to. I don't know what to expect from them. I think hopefully my my fingers are crossed that they do whatever they can to get out of this game healthy, win, lose or draw. And then after the bye week, they're ready for this stretch run. Um, unfortunately, you know, having a bye week week 13 sucks, but at least it gets you ready for a playoff run. And you can kind of get hot and in, in go into the playoffs and, and see what you can do that way. So I it, it's it'll be interesting, I think, early on in this game to see where kind of the I don't say the importance is, but how the team's approaching it from the coaching staff and what their expectations is. Is it going to be ball control, kind of like the, the Cardinals game where they're banged up and see what they can do and just really you know, maybe we can squeak a win out. Are they going to really just try to play their normal game and and, and see what happens? Are they going to kind of be a little bit more passive and just say, you know what, the hell with it? We're going to take this extra long bye week, basically, and and see what we can we can we can figure out. Unfortunately, too though, Brendan, like that that uh, number one seed bye is super super important. Now you don't have those top two seeds, so it's any any wins in this NFC against tougher competition, like a Rams team is vying for a number one spot. It really sets you back because you can, you could put some merit in like, ah, we're going to get the the buy regardless. But that number one spot is, is very, very important. And it's a little bit top heavy right now. So losing any, any, you know, as a, as a race right now against them is, is unfortunate. So I think, my expectations are low. I don't know where years at, but it's it, this week's been this week's been tough. Hopefully Gary can go. I wouldn't even be surprised if they kept him out, but I think as we get closer into Sunday and we see the inactives, we'll kind of have a better idea of how they're monitoring people from Kevin King, especially Rayshon, Gary Bakhtiari it doesn't sound like he'll be playing anyway. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they're at, but I, I, I think it's going to be telling in the first couple quarters of how the team's approaching it to what their expectation is. We're just going to try to get to the bye week for actually going to try to pull this game out in Lambeau or not. To really belabor the metaphor here week after week, the remote control
0: for the Packers defense just keeps breaking and they keep reaching in the drunk drawer and pulling out a pair of double A's every time. And all right, we got, we got the fix. We got the fix we got two double a's we got rasul douglas here we got whitney merciless in free agency mm. you've got to postpone reaching in and pulling out one triple a a watch battery and a broken rubber band as long as possible and maybe that is what this buy week can do it will give you the break it will let them go to the store pick up some dura cells you'll be fine after that hopefully recharge and no pun intended there but you just got to get through this week. And it is unfortunate that this is the week you're playing against one of the best teams in the NFC and a legitimate Super Bowl contender and not playing the Washington football team or another yearly matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars or something like that. But you mentioned. The expectations for this week, and that's how I wanted to transition into the matchups for this week and the biggest matchup we're seeing in this game. And honestly, the biggest one for me is only half on the field. It's Matt LaFleur calling plays and Nathaniel Hackett, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers coming up with the game plan against This defense for the Rams, which we know is extremely talented. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football. You add Von Miller, who is still a very good player. Leonard Floyd, if he's able to go, is a good secondary pass rusher. He is not a number one guy, but he can be that secondary piece. They have such a deep defensive line as well. Good linebackers. What is the play calling going to look like? And I looked back to the earlier part of this season when Elton Jenkins missed time. You look back to game against the 49ers, game against the Steelers, and what did the play calling look like? I think that was some of Matt LaFleur's best work for the season in terms of play calling, in terms of game planning. You look at the game against... Arizona. And while that was different because you had the line, but you didn't have the receivers, you still saw a much different passing game and a much different ball control kind of game for the Packers there. I'm actually extremely interested to see how they devise this game plan and how they try to attack the Rams. Is it going to be the quick passing, screen game, quote-unquote extension of the run game offense where you do a lot of stuff short. You might see 10 targets, Devontae Adams, that are all within three yards of the line of scrimmage in this game just to get him the ball quickly, get him in space, and have him do something. That bubble screen action, they love to run to him to the outside, try to run behind Lazard should he be able to go. I think you might see a lot of that. I'm almost morbidly curious what the game plan looks like because if you go out there and you try to do the typical everyone's healthy, here's what Aaron Rodgers is going to do offense, it's not going to work. I mean, it's just too banged up of an offense right now, too banged up of an offensive line for that to work out. So I'm just very curious to see what the game plan is. If they do that, you can probably chalk this up as a loss. Mm -hmm. You come out with something a little more creative, maybe even downright off the wall. I think the Packers could surprise some folks in this game offensively. So that's my number one matchup, Matt LaFleur versus... Raheem Morris and the defense for the Rams. What are they going to do to try to create extra pressure? And what are the Packers going to do to counter that with screens and with quick action in the passing game? Your biggest matchup for this week.
1: I want to pick something on the defense for the Packers versus their offense, but I don't even think that's like a possible. I'm just going to say the offensive line for the Packers, like if they can somehow figure this out without, you know, it's basically the C squad, right? We've seen what the B squad is basically without, you know, fresh, or excuse me, a, a healthy Josh Myers and a healthy David Bakhtiari. You know, a, a B-plus would be one of them, and an A obviously would be both those guys healthy and Elton in there. We're, at, we're back to the C squad, the preseason squad, and it's uh, hopefully they can maintain what they were doing in week three, week four. But at the end of the day, like, I think if they can have give Rogers some time there, he might be able to pick this defense apart a little bit. I don't really foresee that happening. I think the defense that, like you mentioned, Raheem Morris has is – pretty damn good in all honesty but really like I my expectations are kind of low because I don't know who can handle 99 like he's an absolute unit they're pretty much healthy across the board like you mentioned I think that what Leonard Davis might not play and overall like that's the only guy that's even a, a, a factor on the defensive side that you might not see getting snaps. so I'm gonna say their off our offensive line versus their front seven or their their pass rush and hopefully Rodgers can stay healthy. He had a really really damn good game except you know missing a couple shots to MVS on Sunday, um, fractured toe or not. We'll see how that continues to um, enable him or I guess limit him throughout this season. Once Aaron Jones comes back and they have the offensive line ready, hopefully it ever, the stars will align where he won't have to do as much with this weather too. Like I, I can't imagine a toe is gonna to feel good when it's you know moist out in in Lambo freezing, and he just got the you know the heat difference. And then it's, it, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how that injury progresses. Is it one of those Aaron Rodgers injuries like the calf where it continues? We continue to talk about it or what, but I, I, I don't know. He looked pretty damn good for me in the in the dome at US Bank Stadium on Sunday. So I'll go offensive line in that front seven for the uh the Rams specifically. Basically, can they slow down Aaron Donald when he's now finally healthy against them because they did it when he was pretty banged up um, in the division around last year. Let's see if they can figure it out this year. Let's get to score predictions for this one.
0: Calling for a Packer win is just calling my name. I can hear it. That little voice in my head is telling me, you want to do it. You want to do it. You want to be the homer. You want to drink the green and gold Kool-Aid this week, but I just can't do it. There are just so many injuries. I'm hopeful. I would love a 21-20 grinded out kind of win and A.J. Dillon gets 25 carries, 120 yards, and the Packers are able to put it away late or something like that. There are just so many injuries going into the bye for me to pick the Packers in this game. I think there's an avenue for it to happen. I think the perfect game plan can get it done. The Rams have shown if you hit them early and you knock them to the mat with an early blow, they do not get up very well. Every game they've lost this year has been Mm -hmm. when they get punched in the face and they don't have a counter for it. They don't have an answer for it. If you can do that, I would feel much better about this game. Unfortunately, over the last several weeks, the Packers have also not started games well offensively, which kind of makes me feel that's not going to happen. I'll say Rams 28 to 20... Give me 28, 23. I'm going to say there's a failed two-point conversion in there somewhere. 28 to 23. I really honestly do think there's a way for this to happen. I'm not going to say never but the injuries piling up like this is making me probably as pessimistic as I've been all season or at the very least since week three against San Francisco.
1: You know what, man, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of drag this one out here. I know that the Rams are coming off of a bye week right? So they're Mm -hmm. extremely well-prepared. The stat that I keep hearing around Lambeau on the, on the beat is Packers have never lost two back-to-back games under Matt LaFleur. So you'd say almost those kind of balance each other out a little bit. Special teams has been, absolutely atrocious and then when I go to the the line right Packers plus one like what like how do you even look at that and like say like how do you even make an actual bet on that or even say, I I don't even see how the Packers are or excuse me the Rams only favored by one point I think it's more than that I don't you know normally they give three points to the the uh the home team so it's you know on a neutral side it'd be Packers plus four my uh, Rams minus four I I at the end of the day, like we didn't even mention, like the special teams, even if that even can figure itself out, you say twenty three points, maybe they get three field goals or something like that. I I have no idea, but that that needs to get correct because it's been an absolute thorn the last couple weeks since they it was it was kind of at its loose end, and then they got rid of Hunter Bradley, and it's all unraveled at this point. So let's see if that's figured out. So long winded answer here. I. I don't see how the Packers can pull this game off. I've been you know, I started the year pretty damn good. I think the the Niners game I had them had them losing. I was shocked with that. Cardinals game, I want to say I had them losing. They surprised me that way. It's been it's been a little bit up and down since basically the end of October for me. Um to get these picks right, I I don't see how the Packers win this game. I just don't. I don't I think you give Sean McVay a couple weeks here with this new offense with Odell Beckham, they looked, he looked a little rusty in their first, his first game. Um, And then obviously Robert Woods wasn't there, but I think they're going to be able to figure things out and they're going to be able to dial some stuff up because at the end of the day, Cooper cups, an absolute stud, right? Like he is an, he's on my fantasy team. You know, everyone cares about my fantasy team. And like, he's just, he's an absolute unit. And even if you shut him down, you still got Odell Beckham who I'm not the biggest fan of, but, there's not a, I don't think there's a person on this roster that can shut down either one of those guys right now. Um, and when healthy, it would even be a tough matchup with Jair and Kevin King and Eric Stokes. I think it'd be, that would be my favorite matchup if we were actually getting that, but we're not. So at the end of the day, like, I, I don't see how the Packers stay within, uh, you know, a, a touchdown, to be honest with you. I'm going to go, I'll go Rams 27, Packers 17. I, I just don't see how that, it, it's in the Packers' favor at all. Uh, Weather may play a factor in this. We had some snow in Green Bay or Northeast Wisconsin um, today on Thursday on Thanksgiving. So maybe there's some precipitation that way and can limit the the Rams and we're able to run the ball a little bit more with A.J. Dillon. But like you mentioned, I think the only foreseeable option for them to even have a chance is to rely on 28 quite a bit. Rely on that run game. I don't know what you're going to get out of Patrick Taylor. Probably next to nothing from what we've seen thus far. Um, and the only way I see the Packers winning is somehow they control the ball and do something like they did against Arizona when they were depleted to too. two. But I'll go uh, 27-17 LA Rams. We're not feeling great about this one. Hopefully that's going
0: to turn out to be a little reverse psychology. Packers taking on the Rams this weekend. We'll be watching the game. You can follow along with us on Twitter. Matt's on Twitter at Matt underscore FRA underscore. You can follow myself as well at Brendan DZW. Matt, I'll leave you with this. The one Saving grace. We have only, at the same time, picked one game, both as losses this year. That was week three, and the Packers actually won that game against mm-hmm. San Francisco. I'm just going to cling to that. I want to stick with my pick and cling to that as our last hope that Packers sneak away with one this weekend.
1: And it was an NFC West opponent, if you want to put any weight into that. I don't know why there you I would, go. at the end of the day, we maybe, maybe we'll pull it out. I am just... I'm just disappointed, to be honest. I was really hoping for this matchup to be awesome. Uh, a lot of people are going to the game that I know, too, and I'm sure they all had it circled on their calendars months and months ago, and unfortunately we're not going to get that matchup, but maybe the third time's a charm in the in the playoffs here once we get into there. But we'll see what happens. Maybe Maybe they can pull it out, but I'm not optimistic, but we'll see. We'll hope for the best. Coming up on Sunday as the
0: Packers take on the Rams, we will join you again coming up next Friday, going into the bye, maybe an opportunity for the Packers to get a little bit healthier. Until then, for Matt Fraley, I'm Brenton Twarzinski. You've been listening to the Final Dump, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Well, Wayne, I think this is one that Vince Lombardi and George Halas would be proud of. You
1: could have just given me a touchdown. That is hard to overturn. You know what I mean? I understand. That's that. a good effort, We're though. a it? pretty the good team. effort. I'm <laughs>